مَا كَانَ It is not permissible. It does not befit. Who? لِلْمُشْرِكِينَ For the mushrikeen, for the idolaters. It does not befit them. They don't deserve this. What? أَيَّعْمُرُوا That they maintain, they populate masajid, the mosques, Allahi of Allah. They don't deserve that they should be the ones visiting the Kaaba. They don't deserve that they should be the ones looking after the Kaaba. Why? Because shahidina, ones who witness Allah against anfusihim themselves bil kufr with the disbelief. They testify to their own disbelief. Meaning, while they're doing kufr, it doesn't make sense that these people are coming to perform hajj. Notice what is mentioned over here. Ya'muru from the word imara. And this word will appear in the following verses also. From the root letters, Ain Mim Ra. Ain Mim Ra. Amara. Ya'muru. It means to inhabit a place. What does it mean? To inhabit a place, to live in a place. When there is a house that's empty, nobody's living there. Hmm? Then what happens to it? It begins to smell inside. Right? There may be you know, something wrong with the plumbing. There may be something wrong with the heating. There may be something wrong with the windows. But because nobody's living there, that place is not taken care of. Correct? And the moment somebody inhabits that place, they start taking care of it. Isn't that so? This sister once told me about how she was looking into buying a house and alhamdulillah they found a house that was in a very, very poor condition. And because of that reason, they got the house, obviously very cheap. Okay, And she said that basically the house belonged to an old woman who had been living in a nursing home for many, many years and the house was just closed. It was just closed. And so the tiles were falling off, you know, there was leaks everywhere, windows were broken, cobwebs everywhere. So what happened? They renovated the entire place and now it looks as good as new. Okay, So when a place is empty... Nobody's taking care of it. Nobody's living there. The opposite of that is imara. Imara. You understand? So imara is not just about living somewhere. It's about being there. It's about looking after that place, maintaining that place. You understand? So imaratul masjid. What is imaratul masjid? That a masjid is built and it is left empty? Is that Imaratul Masjid? That maybe once a week or once a day people come, form one row, and they pray salah, and that's it? Is that Imaratul Masjid? What is Imaratul Masjid? That the masjid is taken care of. It fulfills the purpose of being a masjid. And what is that? That there are people coming in, going out, doing something there. What is it that people do in a masjid? Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do dhikr, learn, recite the Qur'an, learn the Qur'an. Alright? So this is Imaratul Masjid. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the mushrikeen do not deserve to do Imaratul Masjid. They don't deserve to come to Makkah and do Hajj. They don't deserve to come to the Kaaba and do Tawaf. They don't deserve that they look after the Kaaba. They clean it. They maintain the Masjid. They don't deserve to look after the pilgrims who come to the haram. Why? Allah says, شَاهِدِينَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ بِالْكُفْرِ Because they're doing kufr. They're committing disbelief. If you think about it, why is Makkah important? 
What makes Kaaba important? The fact that it is, what is it? The house of Allah, Baytullah. Correct? And if there are people who are going there, and they're not even worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they're worshipping some other idols, okay, does that make sense? Does that make sense at all? It doesn't make sense. When they're committing disbelief of the one whose house it is, then how can they deserve to come? How can they deserve to maintain that place? When they're disbelieving in the messenger of the one whose house it is, then how can they deserve to be those who are doing Imaratul Masjid? They don't deserve that. It doesn't make any sense. So in other words, the Muslims are being gently reprimanded. Then why do you have a soft corner for these mushrikeen anyway? Why are you afraid? Why are you reluctant? Why are you hesitant? The mushrikeen don't deserve to come here. So why are you concerned that next year if they don't come, you'll suffer? Or what will happen? The fact is that a principle is a principle. These people don't deserve to come here because of the shirk and kufr that they are committing. شَاهِدِينَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ بِالْكُفْرِ أُولَٰئِكَ دُوزْ حَبِطَتْ أَعْمَالُهُمْ Their deeds are wasted, nullified. وَفِي النَّارِ And in the fire, هُمْ خَالِدُونَ They will abide eternally. Meaning, no matter what apparent good deed they perform, of traveling to the Kaaba, going to Mina, of doing tawaf, of giving water to the pilgrims, no matter what apparent good deed they do, the fact is that it's not going to benefit them. Why is it not going to benefit them? Because of their shirk, because of their kufr. What does shirk do? What does shirk do? It nullifies, cancels out all the good deeds of a person. You know in the Qur'an, Allah mentions the names of several prophets, one after the other. And what is mentioned? That if they did shirk, then all their good deeds would be nullified. Allah tells the Messenger ﷺ, لَإِنْ أَشْرَكْتَ if you did shirk, your good deeds would be wasted. Imagine the Prophet ﷺ. So it doesn't matter who the person is, Arab or non-Arab. If they do shirk, their deeds are gone. So these mushrikeen, with their shirk, even if they're maintaining the Kaaba for years, you know what? It's not benefiting them anyway. So they should not be the ones who are the caretakers of the Kaaba, who come to do hajj. Innama, indeed not but. Ya'muru, he populates. Who deserves to come to the Kaaba and do hajj? Who deserves to look after the pilgrims? Maintain the Kaaba? Who? Allah tells us over here. Innama ya'muru masajid Allah. Indeed, only he should maintain the masajid of Allah. Man amana billah. Those who believe in Allah. وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ And the last day. وَأَقَامَ الصَّلَاةِ And he established the prayer. وَآتَ الزَّكَاةِ And he gave zakah. وَلَمْ يَخْشَ And he did not fear إِلَّا اللَّهِ Except Allah. Meaning he only fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَعَسَى So it is hoped. أُولَٰئِكَ Those أَنْ يَكُونُوا مِنَ الْمُهْتَدِينَ That they are of those who are rightly guided. It is hoped that these are the people who are rightly guided. Meaning these are the ones. Because remember that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the word asa in a positive context, then it gives the meaning of definitely. So it is these who are rightly guided. Not other than them. So what do we learn in this ayah? Who deserves to be the maintainer of a masjid? Whether it is the Kaaba, Baytullah, or it is Masjid al-Nabawi, or it is some masjid in North America? Who deserves to visit that masjid? And look after that masjid 
and take care of it. Who? First of all, what are the characteristics that are mentioned in this ayah? Iman billah. He must believe in Allah. If he doesn't even believe in God, if he doesn't even believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for whose sake the masjid is built, so that people can come and worship him, is it not illogical that he is the one who is maintaining that place? He is the one who is populating that place? No, no. You see, like for example, a non-Muslim can come to a masjid, he can come and see, but imara is what? Not just coming and visiting once. Imara is that you come once, you come again, you come every day, every other day, you are basically doing something there. You're using that place for something. You understand? Like for example, a class is held. Or for instance, you know, people decide how the masjid is going to be managed, the finances or whatever it may be. Okay, because Imaratul Masjid, it has many aspects to it. Alright? The bigger the organization, the more the work. Like for example, the Kaaba. There were many aspects to it, Imara. First of all, coming, performing Hajj, Salah. Okay? Likewise, the Mushrikeen, when they would come, they would offer sacrifice to their idols also. Okay? That is also part of their Imara. Alright? Likewise, the pilgrims who would come giving water to them to drink. Okay? Like for example, when you go to the Kaaba, when you go to do Umrah, is it that you have to clean the floor yourself? And you have to go find the well of Zamzam and get water for yourself? Do you have to do everything yourself? No. Everything is done already. Who's doing it? Those who are taking care of that place. So, over here, what do we learn? That who deserves, first of all, Iman Billah. Secondly, Iman Billiyawmul Akhir, belief in the last day. Thirdly, that he also establishes the prayer himself. I mean, if a person is managing the matters of a masjid, let's say organizing an event in the masjid, and he doesn't even pray salah, what's going to happen then? What's going to happen? Are the people who are coming to the masjid, are they going to pray? No. Is that same spirit going to be imparted? Never. So, aqama salah, he prays himself. Wa'ata zakah, and he gives the zakah, he's charitable himself. Walam yakhsha illallah, and he only fears Allah. Because the thing is that when there's fear of Allah, then there can be honesty. And unfortunately, the problem that we see today, in many organizations, whether they are Muslim or non-Muslim, masajid or something else, that people lack the fear of God. Which is why there's corruption, right? Which is why there's so many fraud cases. Isn't that so? Why? Because people do wrong behind others. They fear people, but they don't fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who deserves to populate the masjid? The one who has fear of Allah. فَعَسَىٰ أُولَٰئِكَ أَنْ يَكُونُوا مِنَ الْمُهْتَدِينَ أَجْعَلْتُمْ Did you make سِقَايَةَ الْحَاجِ سِقَايَةَ Giving water to drink. From the root letter, سِيمْ قَافِيَ Did you make those who give water to drink to who? الْحَاجِ حَاجِ Who are they? Pilgrims. Those who give water to the pilgrims وَعِمَارَةَ الْمَسْجِدِ And populate the masjid so in other words, the people who do this, did you make them, did you consider them 
كَمَنْ like who meaning as equal to the one who آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَجَاهَدَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ The one who believes in Allah in the last day and strives in the way of Allah. You think both of them are equal? You think both of them are same? Allah says, لَا يَسْتَبُونَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ They are not equal near Allah. وَاللَّهُ لَا يَهْدِ الْقَوْمَ الظَّالِمِينَ And Allah does not guide the wrongdoing people. Two types of people are mentioned over here. One, those who focus on just the apparent good deeds. Apparent good deeds. There's no faith, there's no spirit, there's no dedication for the sake of Allah. Nothing like that. Just apparent good deed. Why? To please and impress the eyes of people. And what are those deeds? Like for example, giving water to the people to drink when they're thirsty. Or for example, populating the masjid, cleaning it, taking care of it. And on the other hand, the other type of person is he who has the right kind of faith in Allah and the last day. He has iman, he has love for Allah, he fears Allah, he cares about everyone. And he also strives in the way of Allah. He's not living his comfortable life, volunteering an hour a day just to go and visit somebody. He's doing more, striving. Who is better in the sight of Allah, of these two individuals? The one who has the right kind of faith and also he strives in the way of Allah. Many times what happens is that Deeds that are visible, meaning everybody can see, that are apparent, people like to do them. They like to be at the forefront. Alright? Now, we might think giving water to people, that's not really a big deal, but in that society at that time, that was a big deal. Okay? So this is why people thought that those who give water to the pilgrims, they're the best of humanity. They're the most righteous men. Which is why we see that once some people... They were sitting together, they were talking. This is a hadith in Muslim. We learned that one of them said, I do not care if I do not perform any action after embracing Islam other than providing drinking water for pilgrims. Meaning after Islam, what is most important to me? Just giving water to the pilgrims. I don't care much about salah. I don't care about much about going out with the Prophet ﷺ on his expeditions. I'm most concerned about what? What do I think is the most valuable deed? Giving water to who? To the pilgrims. Another man said, I do not care if I do not perform any action after embracing Islam other than maintaining Al-Masjid Al-Haram. I think the best thing to do after Islam is that you go and take care of the Kaaba. You go and take care of a masjid. Another man said, Jihad in the cause of Allah is more righteous than what you have said. He said, I think that what is more important is striving in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in whatever capacity, being with the Prophet ﷺ, struggling with him, striving with him. So Umar anhu, when he heard this argument going on between the people, he said, do not raise your voices next to the mimbar of the Messenger of Allah ﷺ. And because it was time for Salatul Jumu'ah, he said, after Jumu'ah, we'll go to the Prophet ﷺ and ask him. So when they went and asked him, this ayah was revealed. This ayah was revealed. That how could you equate just giving water to people, populating the masjid with striving in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? They're not at the same level. 
It's like you're comparing someone who's training and, you know, working hard to prepare for, you know, an event, like a sporting event, uh, unlike someone who's just, you know, at home relaxing and once in a while they go for a walk and, you know, something like that. Yes. On the one hand is a person who's training every day. And on the other hand is a person who sometimes plays Wii in his basement. Are they the same? How could you think they're the same? They're not the same. So likewise, in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also, all deeds are not equal. There are some deeds which are better than the others. And of those deeds, which one is the best? Which one is at the top? Striving in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which is why in a hadith we learn that a man came to the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa and he said, O Prophet, tell me about a deed that equals to jihad. Meaning, tell me something as a substitute for jihad. I can't do that. So is there anything else that I can do? The Prophet ﷺ said, I do not find any such deed. There is nothing like it. And really, there is nothing like it. Right? Like for example, if you are striving in the way of Allah, sacrificing your weekends in order to study the Qur'an, that is also a big struggle. And if a person says, you know, I don't want to dedicate these many hours or these many years in learning the Qur'an, is there any fast track thing that I can do? But the thing is that to learn the Qur'an, to understand the Qur'an, don't you need time? Yes, you need to dedicate that. You can't do it in a month. You can't fast track it. It's not going to be the same at all. لا يستوون عند الله They're not the same in the eyes of Allah. الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Those who believe وَهَاجَرُوا And they immigrated وَجَاهَدُوا And they strove فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ In the way of Allah بِأَمْوَالِهِمْ With their properties وَأَنفُسِهِمْ And their lives. These people أَعْظَمُ دَرَجَةً عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَعْظَمُ They're greater دَرَجَةً In rank عِنْدَ اللَّهِ Near Allah. وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْفَائِزُونَ And it is those who will be successful. So who is going to be successful? Whose level is greater? Those who stay at home and just do whatever is convenient? Or those who rise up to the challenge, do that extra bit, that ihsan, strive in order to achieve a greater goal? Who's better in the sight of Allah? Those who strive. Because look at what is mentioned over here. First of all, iman which was not easy at that time. Then, hijrah, leaving your home. And like we discussed, that in our context, perhaps it could be doing hijrah from a sin, doing hijrah from one state, leaving something. That's a big decision. It's a big sacrifice. It's a big struggle. And then, وَجَاهَدُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Striving in the way of Allah, with your money and also with your life, your time. People who do this, their rank is much greater. And they're the ones who will be successful. In a hadith in Bukhari, we learn that a man asked the Prophet ﷺ, oh Allah's Messenger, what is the best deed? And the Prophet ﷺ said, As-salatu ala waqtiha, Performing the prayer at its right time. Then he asked, what is the next in goodness? So the Prophet ﷺ said, to be good and dutiful to your parents. Birrul walidain. Because that is difficult. Isn't it? Being dutiful to your parents is something very difficult. Even children find it difficult. When they find it difficult to listen to their parents, hmm? to obey. So being dutiful to your parents, 
Then the man asked, what is next in goodness? The Prophet ﷺ replied, to participate in jihad in Allah's cause. To participate in jihad in Allah's cause. Yubashiruhum. He gives them good news. Who? Rabbuhum, their Lord. Birahmatim minhu. Of special mercy from Him. Those who strive in this manner, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them good news of special mercy from Him. What is that mercy? In this world and the hereafter. Help, victory, success. And rewards in the hereafter. Waridwan. And approval. Whose approval? Whose approval? Allah's approval. Those who strive in Allah's cause, Allah will be happy with them. Allah will approve of them. You know what Ridwan is basically? Ridwan is from the root letters. Radiyah, to be happy, to be pleased with someone. When the people of Jannah will enter Jannah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give them their rewards, then Allah will ask them, are you satisfied? Are you happy? Did I fulfill my promise of reward to you? And the people will say, yes, of course. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, is there anything else that you want? And the people will say, oh Allah, you've given us more than we imagined even. What more could we want? In Jannah, every wish of ours is fulfilled. What more can we want? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will keep asking, is there anything else you want? Is there anything else you want? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, that now I have bestowed my ridwan on you. So I will never be upset with you. From this day onwards, you can never displease me. I am forever happy and satisfied with you. Forever happy and satisfied with you. But who will get to this level? Those who are just concerned about their breakfast, lunch and dinner? Or those who are concerned about the breakfast, lunch and dinner of others? Those who strive in Allah's cause? For the sake of religion, for the sake of helping others? For the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to please Him. So those who do that, Allah will give them ridwan. وَجَنَّاتِ And gardens, لَهُمْ فِيهَا For them in it. نَعِيمٌ مقيم. Look at the words, نَعِيم مقيم. نَعِيم from ni'ma, blessings. What kind of blessings will they have in Jannah? That are مقيم. مقيم is from قَافْ وَوْمِيم إِقَامَة إِقَامَة to establish. And مقيم means one that is established, meaning forever established. Forever there, never ending, perpetual, never changing, enduring, everlasting. Those are the blessings that they will have in Jannah. In this dunya, what happens? You get a gift, you get something, but then after some time, what happens to it? What happens to it? It remains the same? Then what happens to it? Hmm. Sometimes it breaks. Sometimes you lose it. Sometimes it becomes worn out. Sometimes it becomes outdated. Even if it's in perfect condition, isn't it outdated? And you feel shy of holding it? I still have an iPhone 4S. And uh, the other day I needed a charger desperately. And the entire Al-Huda, I couldn't find it. Every time I asked, do you have an iPhone charger? Yeah, I have it. iPhone 5. And I'm like, no, I want the 4. And they're like, what? Who has that? I'm like, I have it. Because it's in perfect condition and my need is being fulfilled. It has the same software, so I really don't need to upgrade. But the thing is that the things of this world, what happens? They get worn out. They get old. You get bored of them. 
Isn't it? No matter how valuable, no matter what warranty you have, eventually, something's gonna happen to it. Something is going to happen to it. And that just shows to us that no matter what valuable things of this dunya you can attain, really, they don't mean anything. They don't mean much. Because eventually a day will come when the earth will be shattered. إِذَا دُكَّتِ الْأَرْضُ دَكَّا دَكَّا Powdered, flattened, flattened completely. So where will your crystal go? And where will your dishes go? And where will your stuff go? All finished. All finished. This is the reality of this world. I got a piece of jewelry on my wedding day. Okay? And the other day what happened that I noticed that there was a stone that was missing. A diamond that had fallen off and I don't know where it is. I don't know where it is. It's been many years since I've had it. I've used it. I've abused it. But to just think about that precious stone perhaps lying in one of the drain pipes, perhaps mixed up with snow and sand, Allahu alam where it is. But what does that show to you? What is the value of this, of this thing? What is the value of the things of this world? We attach way too much importance to them. They don't mean much. The blessings of the dunya, they are muqeen. They are worth striving for. But we see that the blessings of this world, we work for years, we make money. So that we can buy those expensive things. And those expensive things deteriorate right in front of us. We lose them. Even now as students, as you know, daughters, as sisters, as wives, um, we're always striving to please the people who are around us. But we find that, you know, especially as a student, it's like I really good marks in all my other subjects. And this one subject that I'm really bad at, it's like, you know, a 70, a 60, whatever. My parents always point out that one mark. And I'm like, everything else I did good, why can't you do that? It's like we can never please the people here. So, you know, if we... We should strive for Allah's eternal pleasure. Exactly. That means He'll never be upset with us again. Yes. Because the thing is, no matter how much you can make somebody happy today, there will be a time when they'll be disappointed in you. Right? Your parents tell you they love you. They love you. And then the next day they're yelling at you. Right? You think that your husband is best friends with you. He's the one who cares about you the most. And you just realize that he's yelling at you. Or he's upset with you. And you're hurt because of what he said. So this is life. This is life. It is not perfect. The things are not perfect. Approval is not perfect. One day you could be in somebody's good books, tomorrow you are in their bad books. So what should we strive for? Eternal pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that will bring us eternal blessings. لَهُمْ فِيهَا نَعِيمٌ مُقِيمٌ But it is given to who? It is given to who? Those who strive. Those who struggle. خَالِدِينَ fiha, Abiding therein eternally. abada, Forever, ever, ever. Never ending. إِنَّ اللَّهَ عِنْدَهُ أَجْرٌ عَظِيمٌ Indeed, Allah with Him is a great reward. So why are you just happy with the things of this world? Because you know what prevents us from striving in Allah's cause? What? What prevents us? Desires and also the things of this world. The people whom we want to keep happy. 
Right? Like for example, you have a choice between either doing your adhkar in the morning, in the evening, in order to get Allah's special reward and special protection, or you chat with someone. If you continue to do your adhkar, they might get upset. And we don't want to make them upset. So what do we do? We leave the adhkar one day, another day, another day. Yes, somebody is happy with us because we're always available to them. But you know what? We're missing out on a lot of reward. It's just that people, those who are around you, they need a little bit of training. In the sense that they need to know that after salah, you do some adhkar. And eventually they'll get used to it. Like I remember my son initially used to get really bugged. That, mama, you're praying and then you're doing adhkar and you're not talking to me. He would say, talk to me, talk to me. And now I just you know, point to him with my fingers. And he knows that I'm doing adhkar. So he'll come and sit and wait until I'm done. And then he'll talk to me. He's accepted it eventually. He was upset initially. Now he's okay with it. So anything that we want to do for the sake of Allah, we struggle in Allah's way. What happens? Sometimes there's conflict. Either please people or please Allah. So what is necessary? We please Allah and people will eventually be happy. That we see the Prophet ﷺ, he would be amongst his family members and he would talk to them and be with them and as soon as the time for prayer entered, he would become like a stranger. I used to have these friends who I'd walk with like every time after school. And um, this one time there was this lady and uh, she was carrying her groceries and um, she like there was a lot so I went and helped her. And when I came back after helping her, they sort of laughed at me. They were like, oh, you don't even know her, and like this and that. So like at that time, I was just like, you know what, it's okay. I didn't do it, you know, just to like show off or anything. I did it because she needed help, and I did it for Allah's Panthal. So I did a few things like that later on as well, and like eventually they accepted it, and then they actually started like saying good things about me. And then I was just, you know, like it felt good. I mean, you should be humble, but like, yeah. it felt good that they, <laughs> it's okay they accepted that you're happy. it. Yes. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, and, that's a blessing. Yeah, and then like later on, I saw one of them helping another lady out, so I felt really good after Alhamdulillah. that. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. So sometimes there's really, either you help someone or you please people. And you take that extra step and eventually, people will also be okay with you. They will accept you. Assalamualaikum. Um, that you know how we were mentioning that we beautify things with this dunya, and we want this dunya to be the best for us. Yeah. yeah it's been Mujahid. I was listening to one of her lectures, and she's like, "It's like when you go to a hotel, for example. You're not gonna go to the manager and say, I don't like this bed. I don't like how my walls are. I want to paint the walls properly. I want this color to suit me because I don't like teal or whatever. Yeah. That this dunya is temporary. So when we try to fixate this dunya for ourselves, yes. it's like you're trying to go to a hotel and renovate it for yourself. You're not yes. gonna be there for long. Yes, very true. Very true. Anyway, let's listen to the recitation. مَا كَانَ لِلْمُشْرِكِينَ أَنْ يَعْمُرُوا مَسَاجِدَ اللَّهِ شَاهِدِينَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ بِالْكُفْرِ أُولَئِكَ حَبِطَتْ أَعْمَالُهُمْ وَفِي النَّارِ هُمْ خَالِدُونَ 
that 20 minutes of extra sleep, what is it going to do? 10 minutes of extra sleep, what is that going to do? And if I don't have it, am I going to collapse? Am I going to, you know, is something serious going to happen? What's the big deal? But the thing is that we keep clinging on to these 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there, $5 here, $20 there. And these are the things that prevent us from striving in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's cause. So a little bit of sacrifice, 20 minutes here, $10 here, and it can take you really far. Assalamu alaikum. From what you're saying actually right now, I think it was yesterday, I'm not sure. I was debating with myself early in the morning after I woke up for Fajr. I had a little bit of the lesson that I do yet because I couldn't find time. I was doing something during the week. And I was like, if I normally leave for Allah at 9 o'clock or get ready to get dressed at 9 o'clock and Fajr is around 6. So I'm like, if I go to sleep for an hour now because I was really tired, I still have an hour to do the lesson. And I was thinking, while I was doing my wudu, I don't know why, um, I was thinking, if I have one hour of sleep, it's not really going to do me any good right now. And on top of that, if I do have that one hour of sleep, I'm going to be even more tired afterwards. Yes. I might as well just stay awake right now while I'm praying and yes. I'm already awake. Yes. Jazakallah